Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine, outstanding Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the blonde bombshell herself, and Kerrigan. Hello, good evening. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. How you're, are you? You're sassy. Ah, you're sassy. sassy tonight. Thank you. That's, Anyways. That's what's going on. You know, I... <laughs> I am really happy that you decided to join me tonight because uh, Next Generation without my Ann is only no generation. <laughs> it's just next. Uh, it's just next. It's only halfway there, right? Yeah, there you go. So anyways, <laughs> we have a, a great show tonight. Uh, we have somebody we haven't talked to for quite a while and... And actually, I can't remember the last time I saw uh, this gentleman. Uh, I've known him for a long time, and uh, him and his wife. And it's a pleasure to bring on the line now uh, Mr. Thomas D'Agostino. Yeah, how you Tommy doing, did. Ron? Good, good. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. So, what was the last time I saw you? It's been a few, few, a couple of years, I guess, right? Oh my God! I think we were bus boys at the Last Supper. It's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a few years, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, the last time I saw Tom uh, was at Spirit Quest. Yeah, Spirit Quest. Right. A couple of years ago, he brought his awesome guitar. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> has, like, skulls right. and stuff wow. on it? Yeah, yeah, I have, like, five of them now, like that. <laughs> ah, sweet. <laughs> I built my own, yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, Tom yeah. uh, D'Agostino is, is an author, paranormal investigator, uh, guitarist, uh, well, all-around uh, new guy, I guess. Uh, he uh, owns, uh, he works, do you own the the music store or work in the music store? Yeah, it's a family business, yeah. And where, where is it, Tom? I run the one in my brother runs the one in Pawtucket. <laughs> oh, wow. So is is your brother a, a musician as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He started, actually, I helped him build the first one, music store, 23 years ago. And then he came up with the idea of... Uh, starting another one in Greensville, Rhode Island, Smithfield, where we grew up, and I was like, okay, I guess I got nothing else to do for a few days mm -hmm. out of the week, and now I'm here like five to six days a week helping him. <laughs> <laughs> he so, sucked you in. So what, what does he play? I mean, you're a guitarist. What, what does uh, your brother play? He plays guitar, too. And, um, in fact, we both play multiple instruments. He plays guitar, little mandolin, bass, piano. Mm-hmm. And I play everything from sitar to bagpipe. <laughs> so, so who's the who's the better musician? Um, I always say he is. Oh, oh. Too modest. There you go. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. So, Tom, I mean, you, uh, you've been investigating the paranormal for a long time with your wife, Arlene, and uh, yep. you actually used to live in a haunted house. Do you still live in the haunted house? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. We haven't moved from there. In fact, um, we got a call from a guy who used to live there when he was a kid, and he came over. He wanted to show us some stuff, and he showed us a photo he had found of a little girl, I guess, from the 1950s, who used to mm -hmm. appear in the house. And um, wow. she appeared in the third bedroom. And it's kind of funny because every certain time of the year, which is around now, we hear what sounds like a little girl crying in that room, or at least giggling and talking. Oh. Yeah, so is, there, uh, is, is there a yeah. history of... Of something my wife's happening? daughter, my wife's daughter witnessed it. She was while well, they were sleeping over there, so they were pretty like freaked out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was there a history of this little girl dying in the house, or just tapping to be a spirit? Yeah. I, I haven't been able to look up everything. It's because it, Putnam is kind of strange. The records they like do and they don't. You know, it's a weird town because everybody minds their business kind of so much, or it's just so like small and backwards that. Um, there's certain things that people say, and then they can't find other records, and there's then some records are there and others aren't, and you know. Mm -hmm. So probably, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of weird because we have a cat named Trudy that we put in that room because she doesn't she gets along with the other cats, but they don't get along with her. <laughs> <laughs> and we put it when it's cold or rainy, and so in the middle of the night she'll start whining to go out. She goes, "Wow, wow," like that. And she mm -hmm. wants to go out, so I'll let her out. The other morning, and this happened about several other mornings, but Arlene wakes up and goes, I think Trudy wants to go out. And I said, that's not Trudy. I let her out two hours ago. No! <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this morning, well. yeah, this morning, yeah, this morning we heard what sounded like, you know, a little uh, a kitten crying or, you know, whining like that. And Arlene's looking at me, and I said, all the cats are outside. And it comes from the first uh -huh. bedroom in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember like, actually being in your house. I can't remember the circumstances. I don't know if were we doing investigating then or a time. Or, or do you remember that at all, Tom? Yeah, yeah, we were investigating because um, it was a it was a, a, a convalescent home for the mentally ill. Believe it or not, ah. and it was run by no still it is right. You know, yes, <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of things going on. If and there still are, you know, like um, the doors opening and closing, people walking by, a dog chase, an apparition, um, our neighbors seeing apparitions, uh, people up on the balcony when we're not home, things walking up to the door. <laughs> wow. The whole, you know, the whole gamut. And so, <laughs> yeah, they just kind of, they, they, yeah, even our neighbors witnessed the stuff. <laughs> My wow, that's next door neighbor, you know, when we were away, he, uh, he, uh, we asked them to, you know, take care of the, the rabbits and the cats, and they come over. And he comes over, and he uh, takes care of him, and then he lets his dog out the back door, which is looks out our backyard, and all of a sudden the mm -hmm. bathroom light went on upstairs. While he... <laughs> oh! Wow. We don't have automatic lights. They're just, you know, cheap switches. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so well, things like that happen all the time. That's pretty cool. 
<laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a neat it's house. Good. It's really, it's an old house. It's it's it's, it's really really cool looking, um, and uh, it must be. It must be interesting living in a house like that. Do you? I mean, I mean it's clearly evident you're not afraid. So, do you find yeah. it amusing or, or curious or, or what? Sometimes it's amusing. Sometimes it's not. <clears throat> Sometimes, like the time when something screamed at us at the foot of the bed, they gave us a little oh. jump. You know, or, or um, like today when we had a little girl, I'm like, you go, I'm not going. The last thing I want to see in the first thing in the morning is a child ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to make my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Tom, you have quite the number of books uh, yeah, on the paranormal. He's a writing machine. Yeah, 11 books. And, uh, I took two years off from 2015 and 16 because I wanted to get back into music a little, but now I'm back at books. I like writing better. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. So you have, wait a minute, I was just on your website. I'm, I'm, Which I'm, is what? Uh, it is tomdagostino.com. There's no... Uh, uh, all one word. All one yeah, word. it's all one word. There's no spaces there. So I'm going to put that on our Facebook page uh, so just everybody just can find where Tom is at. Thank you. Uh, let's see. It's just the way I write. No spaces are misspelled, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still type with two fingers, though. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, 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 type, I type with no fingers. No, that's a good thing. You don't have to then. <laughs> yep. Maureen does all the typing. I just sit there and watch. Oh, well, that's, uh, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> He's spoiled, is what he is. No, she's so able. So, huh? That's the problem. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, so, every other, like every other woman I know. Oh, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> so let's see. We have 11 uh, paranormal books, which include uh, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, uh, Vermont, Connecticut, most of uh, New England, Rhode Island, of course. Um, and then you've got you've got a, a, a really interesting one to me, which is pirate ghosts and phantom ships. I always like that one. That's yeah. pretty interesting, I think. <laughs> it what, is. It's, what, uh, it was a creepy one to write, <laughs> but it yeah. was cool. What gave you the uh, the urge to write about the ghosts and uh, the pirate ghosts? Well. Um, after we robbed the Cumberland Farms, I know, <laughs> um, we being living in Rhode Island, I mean, you know, it's a coastal state, and I've always heard these the stories, you know, you read all these stories about this pirate and that pirate, and they came to Rhode Island, and Newport was the pirate haven of the, you know, colonies and all this fun stuff. So I started looking more and more into it as I'm doing other things, and I'm like, this is pretty cool. And then it got into some of these ships that were disappearing in a mysterious way that, you know, they got this last call or, or everything was fine, and the next thing you know, there's nobody aboard the ship when they find it, and, it, you know, nothing was touched, and it's almost as if, like, everybody dove overboard or something. So, I mean, these are kind of weird. Or people actually, especially in New England, like in Maine, actually seems like ghost 
shit from the War of 1812 and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, I want to know more about this. Maybe I'll even see one. <laughs> <laughs> that would but be I'm cool. I'm thinking, well, if it's a ghost ship, you won't see it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but when yeah, you think about it, the, the king of England yeah. actually saw the Flying Dutchman, so that that is... Uh, Kind of cool. I mean, you have a, yes. a very reputable witness there. Wow. What was that? Yeah, the Flying Dutchman was an interesting one. Yes, very much. Yeah, the Palatine yeah. Life, the one out of, it's the well, Princess Augustus out of Newport. They've been seeing that one for like hundreds of years. Um, there was a ship that, um, oh my God, I was just thinking about it. Now I mentioned all these other things and it slipped my mind. Um, <laughs> and it was Maine and, uh, the, during World War II, our Navy and the British Navy, who was helping us, oh, the teaser, I think it was. Um, act, no, maybe it wasn't the teaser. It actually fired on this ghost ship. It was a really? very fast ship, and it had, yeah, they, they made it sister ship because it was so fast. They made it for, you know, not necessarily pirating, but for, they uh, had a letter of mark to, um, right. you know, go and, and read other ships, the privateer. And they made another one just like it, the Dash. That was it, the Dash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, yeah. and they decided to have a little race, and the, the Dash was never seen again <laughs> until, like, World War II. Yeah. And then off. World War II, all of a sudden, the ship is rounding a few islands. They're calling on it, and they stop firing on it, and they fired right through it. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's how they re- then it just disappeared. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, huh? And this was in Maine? Yeah, it was right um, in, near the Calvin Islands area, close to Maine. Because there were fortresses over there, and we were protecting that because that was a, that's an out, you know, that's outlying region. It's the easiest and fastest way to get to America from that area. Oh, okay. If you see yeah, so? we went to Jewel <laughs> Island. Have you ever been to Jewel Island? I have not. I have not. Oh. Oh, wow, what an awesome place. It's the outermost island on the Casco Bay. And there's a lot of stories about um, you know, buried treasure by Captain Kidd and rum runners. And it's also got an oh, ar- wicked cool army forts there. Was, the whole island was an army city at one point. And, you know, the few houses people actually lived out there. Hmm. Yeah, so it was an awesome place. And, and can you get out there by ferry or something? Is that how you get to it? Every so often. You can actually camp there. So every so often, I think there's an available boat, but most people just take their own boats. We took a tuna boat there. Somebody, you know, does fishing for tuna. Mm-hmm. Um, they had it, and they said, oh, let's go out to Jewel Island. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> nice. So we went out there for the day. That would be awesome. interesting. Awesome. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To camp yeah, out there? I think so. <laughs> well, yeah, the there camp you go. A, I know some people actually they kayak out there, which is crazy. It takes all day. You better be camping at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want a, I want a bathroom and a shower and breakfast in the morning. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, mm. that's the way Arlene is. We go camping and she'll... We can't close to home, so she can go home and shower and do everything. I'm like, that's not camping. <laughs> she'll, she'll yeah, see, I just, I just bring a camper and... <laughs> with me. You know. Yeah. I bring my camper, it's and I have enough. all those things. So, you know, whatever. But 
I would imagine I could have it out there on the island. But, you know, sometimes you have to rough it, right? Really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, God, I used to hike the Appalachian trails, you know, so talk about... Oh, oh my I mean, God. Wow. Yeah, we got, we got a great quick story anyway. We we hiked the worst part of the Appalachian Trail where you couldn't carry a tent so they have open-space shelters. And we uh-huh. did this in November. It was brutal. And we uh-huh. carried... You get a pack of lightest. We carry freeze-dried food. You know those freeze-dried foods you reconstitute with water? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we had our small stove. <clears throat> we also packed a thing of freeze-dried worms because the last sp- our last stop was um, up on Old Stack where the salmon run. And we figured, All right, you know what? We're going to fish and we're going to catch salmon and have a real meal for our last time out. Really? Oh, that's nice. So that's, night yeah. before ah. that, yeah, good idea, huh? So the night before that, we made macaroni and cheese. That was our last meal. You know, we could only carry as many meals as we're going to eat. So we uh-huh. made macaroni and cheese, and it's dark. We only have these little flashlights. You can't see anything, you know. So we eat uh, macaroni and cheese, tasted like everything else. The next day, we get the last <laughs> pouch out of worms. We get a fire going. We boil the water. We throw the worms in, and guess what? What? It was macaroni and cheese. Ah! <laughs> no. no, that's bad. No. After that, I wasn't afraid to eat much of anything else. Uh, yeah, I think I'd be done by then. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I'd be fapping for two days. Hey, it all tastes the same, apparently. So you know, whatever. It did. It did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see how worms could taste like macaroni and cheese. I, I don't Plus either. Some but... pretty bad macaroni and cheese with pretty good tasting worms. <laughs> the, the, the rice and the rice, the rice and beef chuck or whatever it was tasted like the worms. So what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I think they just throw one thing and everything, you know, and then they just <laughs> yeah, sort it out later. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, that's 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 horrendous. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> even, even Van Helsing is grossed out. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so glad we brought that up. Uh, yeah, moving right along. Oh my goodness. So, so Tom. So Tom, other than eating worms, what was your most interesting paranormal experience? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, there was a few of them. Uh, okay, you give us a couple. we got a, an hour here. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them was um, when we, um, we did um, this was Tortilla Flats, actually, in uh, Merrimack. Oh, yeah. So you did that yeah. before. And yeah. we were sitting right where the guy had supposedly hanged himself, right underneath there. And, of course, all the waiters, waitresses, the manager, they're all telling us the stories of how it's haunted, how... You know, the Lincoln Ghost Project came in, did investigations, what they got, and all this wicked, nice, scary, and wonderful stuff. And so I went up, I go to the bathroom, I come back out of the bathroom. You know how it is, the door just opens up against the wall, and you got like a small corridor. Well, yep. all of a sudden, it was like a football player gave the, the door a running block and just slammed into me and pinned me between the door. Now, I was half in the bathroom and half out, so I could see no one was on either side, but I couldn't move this door. Oh, my but God. But it swings open, like, nice and easy. I walk over to the table and I'll lean and what happened to you? Because my face had been cut open. <gasps> oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, so crap. that was an interesting one. 
And then we were doing an investigation of uh, somebody who did an abandoned house, and they wanted to see if the area was haunted. It was an old farm. Mm-hmm. So they said, yeah, you know, go in and everything, because the people who own it, weren't, they live somewhere in California. So they, didn't, they, didn't, they weren't going to do anything with it, just wondering if it was haunted. So we're walking up there, and we got very close to the house, and all of a sudden, Arlene is at least maybe two and a half feet taller than everyone else, <laughs> walking for about maybe four or five steps, and then she drops into a faint. And oh. what she said later was, yeah, that she felt like two giant arms of ice picked her up around the waist and started carrying her. Holy crap. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, the other people we were with ran, and Arlene and I finished the investigation ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, when something like that happens, you certainly want more, right? I mean, that's what we're here for. <laughs> it's kind of what you came yeah. for, I guess. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah, we had a lot of cool things. The Holton Mansion was another cool one. We really loved that one. That night we were all there. Mm-hmm. The, the basement, yeah, yeah, way in the morning. Yeah. That was kind of cool, actually, when I think about it. You know, people always ask me that, too, you know, Ron, of all the investigations, what are you, was the coolest? It's like, uh, there's so many, but and but that was a cool one, Tommy, absolutely. It was, do you want to tell the story? Yeah, um, well, we, had go, we, had, um, we had been invited as part of an investigation on the anniversary of A.C. Houghton's death, <clears throat> who mm-hmm. was the first mayor of North Adams and, of course, built the house. And uh, his daughter and their cousin were killed in a car accident uh, a few days before. Um, and John Wood is the driver, who was also the, I guess, handyman and everything, uh, the day after shot himself. So the yep. whole place was just negative, scarred. Mm-hmm. So I was going to put it in Haunted, Massachusetts, and we were invited there. And, um, you know, you guys, New England Ghost Project was there. That's where I met you. Um, you got there. Was it really? Another investigation. Yeah. Yeah, you were doing another investigation, remember? And you came in. And uh, um, I think I spoke with you here and there, but that's when we the first real investigation we did together. I, oh, geez, that's that's pretty cool. So that's our anniversary investigation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and and Josh Mantello, you know, in his group, that was yep. Berkshire Paranormal. And then there was yep. Jeff Belanger was there. And um, for a while, I think, I was there the whole night. Uh, and, of course, the lady from the North Adams transcript doing a story. And yeah, then when we went up to the room, yeah, and Arlene had her camera, and she was going to take a picture in the widow's room, and uh, the whole camera blew up into pieces. Ah! Like the, uh, yeah, remember that? The, the lens came flying out. In front yep. of the bayonet lens, you need, like, two hands to unclip. The flash flew off. The batteries flew out of the flash, and it cut her thumb open. And uh, the lady from the North Adams transcript said, oh, I got my story, I'm done, boom, and she was gone. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be a good night. Yeah, we was, that night we were all sitting in the basement, I forget what time it was, way in the, well, it was actually in the morning. It was was 11.30 uh, at night, I think, almost midnight. Yeah, and we were in the basement, me, you, Josh, and Arlene, and uh, we were watching orbs fly around colored orbs just glowing because we were sitting in the dark. It was sitting pitch then, black, black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? So yeah, it was not yeah, like was, you saw these in a camera or something. They were visible to the right. eye. Yeah, they, yeah. we couldn't even see each other, but when these things went by, the faint glow they gave, that's how we knew where we were by saying, there's one, there's one. And mm-hmm. then 
we thought we saw something in the hallway leading up to the stairs. And so Josh sat there, and he was calling on the little girl. He says, a little girl in the basement. And all of a sudden, he screams and jumps. Remember, we could put a light on him, and he had this yep. like, little glow over his head. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when he yelled, flash, and started taking pictures. <laughs> but yeah. I guess the flash, we all you know, go blind. It, it, but, yeah. you know, that kind of like yeah. really quick, whoa. You want to get something, you're not thinking the flash probably negated the glow, but (laughs) 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 then we figured, all right, let's go upstairs, and we started walking up the stairs, and the temperature, you had a thermometer on your neck, I had the thermal scanner, the temperature dropped to 50 degrees, it was 70 degrees that night, remember? Yes, it was And uh, the walls within almost arm's distance were 70 degrees, but the temperature we were standing was 50 degrees, the chairs we were carrying were ice cold, our equipment, my ears, my arms were cold. Yeah, it's like you walk right to a, a I don't know, some type of a polar polar vortex. It was so bizarre. Mm. Yeah, but it was it, it it got cold, freezing cold, and then it just all of a sudden boom was gone with after like a minute and a half. So it was a really interesting one. Mm. I, I remember another time I was here and we were up in uh Witter's room up on the second or third floor, I forget what the hell it is, but uh I was there uh, with Josh and a bunch of, we were all sitting in that room, and there's there's a door that goes down the hall, and there was a door that uh, uh, leads into a little closet. And uh, yeah. I was sitting there, and we were talking, yeah, trying to talk to the spirit, and all of a sudden the door just opened up by itself, and there was nobody in <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. So I know that door. So that yeah, was, yeah. Like so that was kind of yeah. cool. So that was kind of cool, but. Anyway, so around 2 o'clock in the morning, I, I went back uh, with a couple of the girls that came down. I think it was, who the heck was it? Was it Karen Ruck? Karen Ruck and uh, another girl, anyways. And we were there. And uh, she said, I, she kept on saying, oh, I felt somebody's touching my back. So, of course, I made her yeah. sit uh, in my arms, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that was hard. Yeah, it was. What I have to do, do, and oh my God, we're coming up the break. So if you want to know what happens next, you're just going to have to stay tuned because we have to take a break. So Uh you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ian Carrigan and Ron Kolick and our special guest, Thomas D'Agostino, right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, and Astronet, and wherever the hell else we are. And we come back, we'll find out what happened next. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there.
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest this evening, author and paranormal investigator, Tom D'Agostino. There you go. Hello, hello. So, <laughs> there you go. So anyways, just before the break, I was telling you this amazing story uh, about me and the... Uh, about Ron they, and the two blondes. Yeah. Actually, they were both blondes. Uh, I'm sure but, they were. So here we were. It was like <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, and we were in this room just the three of us and one of the blondes uh kept telling me that she was being touched in the back so using my logical mind i i made her sit virtually in my arms and i mean virtually in my arms there was no space uh between me and her so we sat there in the room what i have to do for science i know yeah uh so we (laughs) sat there and all of a sudden we heard footsteps coming down the hall and uh, the door hand, handle turned, and the, the door opened like somebody was walking through. It didn't, like, push open or nothing. It just opened, and there was no one there. And I immediately jumped up and ran down the hall, and there was no one, absolutely no one. But we heard footsteps to go to the door. We saw the handle twist, and the door opened, and so somebody was walking into the room, and there was absolutely nobody there. Wow. So that was Maybe it was a- winter. Right? I don't know. Could be. He's a chauffeur. Well, yeah, you were in his room Howard after all. He also died there. I think his wife died there too, right? Yeah. Or did she Could sell be. it and move? I forgot. Hmm. Yeah, uh, wait, a minute. I, wait a minute. I, we ju- you just got a remark in the uh, in the chat room. And uh, uh, I have the Hitchcock disease, a love for all things blonde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, oh, that's so very I interesting I, for a Ghost Chronicles show. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to love so one. I, so yeah. I have an excuse now then, right? <laughs> you have a disease. I have a disease. Yeah. Could have been I'm, worse. I could have said you like worms. Like, <laughs> dinner. Yeah. Mm. Whatever. Whatever. So anyways... Thanks for Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, aren't you glad he popped right into that chat room? Perfect timing. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, where was he? I, I just <laughs> got me off track. I can't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, 
Tom, uh, we, we've done actually a few investigations together, and we've had some some fun times as well. You've done some conferences with me as well. and uh, Oh, yeah. And so, yep. But, I mean, I remember uh, an investigation you did, and, and I don't recall the details of it. Perhaps you can fill me in. But it was a piece of video evidence that I thought was really, really interesting. Uh, it was. It was. I'm trying to think where the place, but I can't. It was in a bedroom, and uh, you had put an EMF meter on a bed. Oh, that's Cal Cooper. Oh. And uh, you had a camera on it. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was in the um, Morin House in Thompson, Connecticut. And mm-hmm. they was like the. They were like only the seventh owners. The house was built in 1801, and yeah. they were like only the seventh owners of the house. And their daughter was constantly playing and talking with this girl she called Manda. And one of the owners, a lady named Miranda, lived in the house for over 50 years, and they saw her ghost uh, sometimes from just, like, the waist up or just full-fledged. And um, we got EVPs of of uh, when Arlene and another investigator were playing with a little kitten in that room, mocking them, laughing and telling them to get out and leave it alone and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we went out to the barn and we left a camera, just a regular, you know, the cameras, nothing big. And um, on a stand with that EMF meter, that the uh, cell sensor one that has the red light. And all of a sudden, the dark, we weren't there. We got back 10 minutes later. The room just went completely dark. The meter started going nuts and something opaque walked in front of the camera and stood in front of the camera and just stood mm. there for a good minute. And then That's just awesome. moved out of the way, and the lights went bright again, and the meter stopped. Ooh. It was. I, I saw the video, and I thought it was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah, is that video posted somewhere, or is it just something um, that you have know. in here? I don't know. I, I'd like to post them all on my website as soon as I can get a chance. But mm-hmm. I, um, I know I showed it. Um, I could send it to you. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. It's always stuck in my mind. So, it, it, you know, I've seen a lot of videos, trust me. And mm-hmm. uh, I always thought that was a pretty interesting piece of uh, evidence. Um, I think so. Yeah. And, and there was another one, too, where you, you actually were able to catch, uh, I don't know if it was glasses or something in a bar uh, being, uh, oh, what was that? No, we Unfortunately, we cut, there was a something walking across um, uh, up from a table and leaving the room <laughs> at the tavern on Main in Chapacha. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, um, was kind of interesting. You yeah, can so, see it. So you can actually see it looks like an it. arm, and it's going. Hmm? Go ahead, Tom. Oh yeah, it looks like an arm with a sleeve, like a ruffled sleeve, and a jacket carrying something as it walks out of the room. Wow. And that's in Rhode Island. This is in Rhode Island. Yeah, Chapachet, Rhode Island, the, uh, the, one of the hubs of uh, the old agriculture is one of the oldest towns and all that, you know, in the state. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's an so interesting, how, yeah. How, how long have you been investigating, Tom? This will be my 35th year. Wow. How long? 35 years. Thirty-five years? Holy yeah. crap! <laughs> yeah, I um, I asked when I went when I decided I was going to do this. Though I was very interested, always putting around with it. I actually took 
courses in college in sociology, psychology, physical science, social science, esoterical science, but just to be able to understand any angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know absolutely nothing still, but... <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. So one of your books, Tom, is about um, the haunted Ramtail factory. Oh, oh, yeah, yep. And I'm not... Um, I don't know anything about that. It, what is that... Um, what is the story behind that? If, oh, if we you remember, we were actually up. invited to go no. to the <laughs> investigation. Oh, the I know. We never factory, made it. It's Rhode Island's official haunted site. It's actually in the 1885 state census. They label it as haunted in the, in the state census. Oh! And, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. 1813, um, William Potter, who was already an entrepreneur, went to Foster to start <clears throat> and moved there, and he started a, a factory there knowing that commerce and things was going to grow and make its way out there. And he took on his brother-in-law and his sons-in-laws, and uh, they started this factory. And around 1822, one of the factory owners, Paylake Walker, his son-in-law, was supposedly uh, found dead of committing suicide in the factory after they, he got ousted from the partnership. And that's the legend. And he has wanted the factory ever since. They, he was supposedly the night watchman. If they see, you know, this lantern coming around the area. The factory was also a village. It was a factory, um, some houses, a company store, you know, blacksmith shop. So it was like a little village. And to this day, um, people still see the lantern light. Okay, maybe a candle lantern, of course, because in 1822, kerosene hadn't been invented. That was uh, 32 years coming. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and um, we've seen it a few times. I've been there over a hundred and something oh, times. Oh, really? Sometimes we just go there. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we, I just go there to show people a place, or I just go there to hang out a little bit because it's so beautiful, you know, and things like that. I'm also a town official now for the town of Foster, Rhode Island, so. Oh, congratulations. That's cool. You, you know what's really interesting, Tom, is that, you know, so many investigators uh, – will say, oh, oh, how'd you get into that place? How'd you get into that place? You get into a lot of places, and you do that because, in my opinion, you know, you're you're a nice guy and you're respectful. You you know, you're not like, uh, you're not like, you're expected to go in. In other words, you know, it's your right to go into a place. It, it you're, and I think that goes a long way, uh, for all your investigations and stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah, it doesn't, because one of the one of the early things I learned, and, and this is why I, I studied a lot first and went with other people to learn, and didn't just like buy a book, see a TV show, and voila, I'm there. Was, um, <laughs> when, when, when you're investigating, like let's say someone's house, if their door is closed, any door, that means you're not allowed in there. We had some people we went on investigation with. I won't mention any names, but. Um, they invited us, and Arlene and I were like, yeah, we'll go. Yeah, that's close by. And they're coming in, and they're starting opening closet doors and everything. And I told one person, I said, oh, if that door wasn't open, it wasn't meant to be open. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. And that's, that's, that my pet peeve, too, is, is like people go rummaging through people's medicine cabinets. Oh, uh, <laughs> Seriously, yeah, no, and they it, think that's perfectly fine. Uh, it's not. But it is you know. Uh, 
Yeah, we've always asked. We've always asked permission. I've always given my complete intentions and our, our intention that we, if you notice on our site, we never advertise that we're going on an investigation here, there, or there, or we went because it's, you know, it's only between us and the people. And if they mm-hmm. want to publicize it, let them, you know. There's a lot of people who say, yeah, yeah, put it on, put it on, I'll say, okay, when you put it on Facebook or when you put it on your website, then we'll do it. <laughs> That way right. it's already out there in the public, and you're the one who made it public, and that's fine. You know, Otherwise, I'm, we're just going to keep it between all of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest places that uh, Tom went, and I learned about this early when I started doing paranormal investigation because I had somebody else who uh, went there as well. Brian the Monk actually was the one that told me about this place. And it's an abandoned village. Uh, it, oh God, I just lost the name of it. Lawrence. Tom, help me. What is it? Lawrence Mass. No, it, no, no. no. <laughs> it's, Lawrence is almost abandoned. <laughs> uh-huh. Dogtown. It, can you, do you remember? It's, Dogtown. It's not, what is it? Dogtown. No, not Dogtown. Keep going. It's down your way. Barahack. What is it? Dudley Town. Dudley Town. There it is. There you go. Oh, Dudley Town. There you go. <laughs> That is, I mean, you you were able to go in there, correct? Yes, yes, actually. Um, I went in there when it was, you were legal to go in there. They were actually thinking of making it in a walking park and everything, you know. They even had a backhoe there that was starting to clear little areas of rough trail. But then that mm-hmm. got shut off really quickly because people started doing the wrong things in there. So we went in when we were able to go, yeah. In fact, a yeah. couple of years ago, a lady called us up. And invited us to her house to do an investigation because it was, you know, haunted. And guess mm-hmm. where it was? Right Dudley Town? in Dudley the center of Dudley Town. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Brian yeah, Lamont told me a story like when I first much, met but... him that he and his uh, friend, his friend was uh, an environmental scientist, actually, and they were uh, in Dudley Town at night. And... Uh, all, all of a sudden, they were sitting there, and they, they heard these noises and stuff, and uh, kept seeing, you know, movement and this thing. Then all, then his friend, I, I'm trying to get the full story. It's been so long. God, it's probably about 25 years ago when I heard this story. And something happened to his friend, and he couldn't move at all. And this uh, shape of began slithering like over the ground. It just went up over the the uh, logs and up, and then like stopped in front of the the uh, person that was uh, frozen, and he was like couldn't scream, but he he couldn't he wanted to, and uh, you know Brian was 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 there, and uh, he actually I guess he said some prayers or something, and then the thing just went away. It just backed off slowly and just went away. But he said it got larger in front of him and everything else. But it, 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 the, the interesting thing I, I found was, is that the way it slithered on the ground like a snake, he said it, it just went up and over things and, you know, it just that smooth uh, motion. Perhaps it was an elemental. Perhaps it was, uh, yeah, it was nasty, whatever it was. He didn't like it at all. It does not sound nice. No, he said it was, you were in the night, and then all of a sudden it got, like, deadly silent. There was no noise, no nothing at all. It just no got really strange. Yeah, it was so strange. And, mm. yeah, 
I, I remember that. Uh, like, like I said, that was probably 25 years ago when when he told me this story, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's that's. I, I've always wanted to go there, and never got to go there. Yeah, now you can't. They changed the names to the roads. Nobody will tell you where it yeah, is. Uh, exactly. You can't uh, go but, anywhere near. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's yeah. what's. You know, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about these things, but it, it's like, you know, all, all these locations. But until you go there and experience it yourself, uh, that's the only way to really understand them. I mean, I heard so much about Spidergate Cemetery. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go with Spidergates again. Okay. <laughs> it is probably my, my most greatest disappointment in the paranormal <laughs> my entire freaking life <laughs> oh boy well, we had we we went with ron your son ron jr when we went to marblehead yeah and mm-hmm. i wanted to see screeching lady cove and in my head i see these giant cliffs with this huge beach you know, and then when the ladies, every year she calls annually out for help like she did when she was murdered, you know, by the pirates. And you yep. could hear it echoing over these mountainous cliffs and everything. And so we're going to find it. And I want to you know, walk Screeching Lady Cove. So we gotta, we, we finally get a map. We start asking people, and they said, Screeching Lady Cove, it's between this building and this building, right? And we're thinking, oh, wow, you know. And we get to the area, right to the area, and we're standing there. There's a stone wall. There's a building about 20 feet to our left and another building about 15 feet to our right. And there's all below this, this little stone wall, maybe eight feet, is like maybe that, you know, 20 feet of rubble and stuff. And that's Screeching Lady Cove. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Ron goes, I am so underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. I'm, well, I'm just sitting there. Like, the where's the cliff? Big, right? <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like, you know, someone... Could dock a canoe there. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Oh my god. <laughs> so your spider gates at least had a little more of a vast stories and um I, <laughs> that that was such a huge disappointment though. You you've been to Spider Gates, haven't you? Tom? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's just a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever to the seven gates of hell. My um, God. Uh, he complained. He complained the whole way in there. It, we had to walk a little ways from the street. He's like, oh, my God. What is it? Three miles. Oh, it's yeah, it was horrible. Oh, oh, yes. The bugs. Oh, it's just as terrible. I'm like, oh. The only good thing is I found some coins along the way, so that was good. Yep. Oh, there you go. Paid for my, we found paid some laundry coins. <laughs> So you, so you guys had the you guys had the seven sentences of hell then. <laughs> yeah, seven sentences. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- that's the thing. You know, you read all about this stuff on the internet, and and it, you know what's even sad is that some people actually put these in their books as well, and uh, they're not anything like they really are. No, <laughs> so, no, no, not. That's why we like to go, go to the places because. You, I mean, you know, you, you hear about it, you read about it, and you see some pictures, and the photographs really don't do justice. And that's why we always wrote about the places when we went there and gave directions and stuff. Because the main goal is to get people to go to these places and, you know, see them for themselves. Yes. As long Absolutely. as they're not private property. The last thing you want yeah. to be seeing is some guy chasing me with a shotgun and two Dobermans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my property. 
Well, <laughs> the, 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 the spider gates thing is definitely, you know, I agree with you. It's just a cemetery. Um, it's a legend. But there's so many. It's a nice cemetery, but. There's so many, mm. like, kind of neat, spooky cemeteries out in the woods of that area. Um, yeah. It is cool to ride around out there. And uh, as long as you get some nice four-wheel drive, you can find some good stuff. <laughs> well, that's like, yeah, like in Rhode Island, you have 3,300 cemeteries. Mm-hmm. Wow. In that small state. Because they really buried, amazing. you know, their loved ones on, there was no garden cemeteries. So everyone mm-hmm. buried their loved ones on their property. Right, right. And they have some of the coolest little, you know, gems. <clears throat> oh, Yeah. I um oh just to mention something about you mentioned Ramsdale, um mm-hmm. besides you know I'm sure you, you you may have read about it heard about it the fact that it, you know how haunted it is the ghost being seen the lantern um those yep. of us I actually came across a photograph of the factory when it was up really oh yeah from the mid 1830s or 1840 mm-hmm. that's amazing there's never been one known. That's the other thing Tom does. He does his research. He really right. does. He, he he has some great pieces of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I also found out that another guy committed suicide at the factory after he lost his land to the potters who owned it, and he was lived adjacent to them. And uh, another guy who lived in the factory, he was a uh, he used to go there when he got drunk all the time and sleep it off. He died in one of the old houses. Oh. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh. And I researched all of it, you know, through, um, I, I, I saw a name, and then I saw something about uh, the name being a very old foster name, and I figured, oh, maybe recent research into that family. Maybe they know something. Come to find out they more than knew something. The guy hung himself in the factory. <laughs> oh, there you go. After they made him wow. a night watchman to pay off his debt. And it wasn't Taylor <laughs> Walker. Oh. Yeah. It's it's uh, there, there's so many cool places, but uh, the other mm. thing uh, you, you wrote about was vampires too. New England's vampires. Mm. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, the first time I had ever heard about them was when I did my first conference. Actually, uh, ran a conference at the Houghton Mansion called Contact oh. way back in the day, and uh, uh, what was in Doctor Bell came there and he had a book uh, food. What was it Food for the Dead? Was it? Was that yeah, the name of it? Yeah, yeah Food for the Dead. And uh, Tom did a lot of research on the on the uh, New England vampires as well, which is kind of cool. So, just for our, our listening audience, would you talk a little bit about the uh, New England vampires? Yes, um, as we know, um, from like 1784 documentation to 1892, it was do- uh, many, many, many cases were documented by town records. Uh, newspapers and other, you know, uh, private journals and whatnot of people digging up their loved ones and looking for a vampire among them, then cutting out the hot liver and lungs, which is most of the cases, not every case, but almost all of them, burning <laughs> them and then feeding the ashes to the sick. Oh, God. Yeah. And this was to cure what they thought was consumption, but what they couldn't cure um, and thought was... Uh, what they call the spectral ghoul coming out of the grave and feeding on them. In other words, the person would die. They'd look, you know, white, pale, gaunt. They'd be caught in the blood, and then they'd bury them. And don't forget, in 1784, 
uh, and in many rural areas, they didn't have embalming. And when someone no, they died, they buried them within a day because, <laughs> you know, well, they didn't have embalming. <laughs> so they buried right. them within a day or two. <clears throat> so then they, they dig them up after they, they, all of a sudden the next person gets sick, the next person. This consumption was very contagious. These people are coughing across the table, sleeping in the same bed. And they yeah. start probably saying, you know, well, Sarah came to visit me last night, and she's getting sicker and sicker, and all of a sudden they're looking as this other one wastes away, and they go and they dig up Sarah. <clears throat> and they exercise her as a vampire to stop her from feeding on the family. Yeah. And actually they... In the cases, yeah. yeah. There's many cases all over New England. <clears throat> and the funny thing is you never see this in history. No, you never hear about it, really. No, it's like swept under the rug. Mm. But the documentation exists as plain as day. (laughs) And and it's all over New England. It's not just, you know, we all hear about Mercy Brown, but it's way beyond her. Yeah, I got cases in Manchester, Vermont, in um, Saco, in Biddeford, Maine, in Connecticut, all over. In fact, I visited all of them, and I found many that were missing you know, or the graves or the areas where where um, were in question that a lot of people didn't know about and or, or couldn't find, and um, did a lot of research and traveling. You know, it was kind of fun learning yeah. about it. You wrote a book about this, right? Of course, right? you had Michael Bellis thing too. Definitely. Yeah, but but don't you have a book on it as well? Yes, yeah, uh, a history of vampires in New England. Okay. And it does chronicle the cases, and it takes you right through, like, the years, including the people of the times, what they thought, what they felt, what was going on, what was being treated at the time. So you're almost reading it through history, like it first started, and mm-hmm. right up to, uh, you know, <clears throat> the last cases. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Well, anyways, that was the uh, doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here, so we've got to be going. we got to say goodbye to you. Uh, Tom, we oh, want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was great catching up with you, and mm-hmm. we'll have to oh, see you again. You. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen. It's been a while since the last time I saw you. Yeah, and well, we're working on new books too. So, oh, cool. That's You'll awesome. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining the show. Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, we're just working on a couple of new books. Um, one about <clears throat> birth and death practices in colonial New England, and one on mill ghosts. Of the Blackstone Valley, if anyone has any stories. <laughs> oh, neat. Mm. Yeah, contact you at, at, at uh, Thomas. Is it thomasdagostino.com? Oh, just tomdagostino.com, yeah. Oh, Tommy, okay. Here. All right, so thank you, Tom. Yes, thanks. Well, thank Great to you. hear from you. You too, awesome. Thanks. Have a great <sighs> night. Yeah, you. thank you. So anyways, uh, been a rough night for me. I had a, I mean, week for me, I had to cancel my red light sands. Well, I'll postpone it. We moved it out to the 21st and uh, my third week, uh, fourth week of uh, paranormal CSI, we had to cancel that tomorrow because of the big storm. And uh, that out. So yeah, longer. that's been a brutal. But well, we have, we have a, uh, a new thing we want to announce, so stay tuned for it. We're going to be doing a uh Spiritual and Paranormal Retreat on April 21st and uh, 21st, that whole weekend anyways, up up in uh, Tilton, New Hampshire. And uh, so, you know, stay tuned for details on that. And we'll be doing that with us, uh, with uh, Stacey Lynn McGovern and myself. So there's a tune, so we got to go. Anything you want to add? 
I just want to say uh, everybody in New England is going to get hit with this snowstorm tomorrow. Stay safe and warm and dry, and we will talk to you again next week. There you go. Good night. God bless. Good night, everybody. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.